The information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, or for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. Always consult with a mental health or healthcare professional before engaging in any activities promoted in this podcast. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Join clinical psychologist Dr. Janina Scarlett and host Dustin McGinnis as they explore the psychology behind your favorite TV shows, movies, books, comics, video games, and more. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time geek. Today we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. Holy moly. Wow. What an amazing, amazing, amazing movie. Yeah, I mean, that was such an amazing movie. I've never been to a more satisfying movie that inspired such a smorgasbord of emotions. I think my heart stopped a few times, only to be defibrillated. Is that a word? Defibrillated? (laughs) (laughs) By more inspiring action in the next scene and the next scene I, I was like dying and then being brought back to life it was crazy the and entire theater came to <laughs> life every major scene with every new happening there would be laughter and cheers and applause and it, it felt like everyone was together it really felt like the entire theater was one big family watching this film together oh, n- no doubt you can hear people erupting cheers like you said and sobbing it was three hours of masterful filmmaking and speaking of that film we are going to be talking about the psychology of that film so we are going to be covering a number of spoilers for this episode exactly and so if you have not yet seen that film and if you do not wish to hear the spoilers for that film then please return to this episode after you have seen avengers endgame So let's start this episode on the topic of grief. Infinity War left us viewers reeling in shock and grief over characters we grew these huge connections with. Endgame opens up with the survivors trying to make sense of the literal emptiness that was left behind in Infinity War. It's understandable that the survivors that are left in the MCU world are also experiencing grief on this immense scale. What can be said about fan connection to fictional characters and grief we share in being witness to such loss and trauma? I remember when we left the theater after seeing Infinity War and a person behind us said, now I need therapy. I knew that it was very important for you and I to do an episode on essentially Infinity War therapy, and we did. The truth is, a lot of times we grow to be strongly connected to our favorite fictional characters, a lot of times to superheroes such as Avengers, for example. One of the reasons that happens is that these characters play an important role in our lives in that they might help us to explore parts of ourselves we always wanted to know, for instance. Maybe they remind us that a courageous act on our behalf can change the world. Maybe they remind us what friendship or love can be. Research studies actually show that fictional characters can serve as social surrogates 
for us. They can become our surrogate family member or friend. It makes sense that in watching the series, the Avengers saga essentially, we have become very attached to the Avengers, especially ones that we started out with. Right, it's been 11 years. It has. And 21 movies. Now this was the 22nd that we have been following these characters. For a lot of us, when we saw the Infinity War film, we felt as if we lost someone too. Imagine if, for the first time, our heroes all lost. This is no place to die. Thanos had his way, and half of the population of the universe has gone. Everyone's doing their best to keep their head above water, but uh, it's it's kind of a losing battle. We lost, and, and we're not used to losing. People are kind of still coming to grips with it. Natasha is a little bit hardened from what she's had to go through. They've truly leveled us, not just literally, but morally and, and emotionally. There was no other way. The fans' reaction to the end of Infinity War, when half of their favorite characters turned to dust, really was indicative of how emotionally connected the world has gotten to these characters. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. The good thing is it's always easier to build people back up after they've been broken down. And that, that's what Marvel's great at doing. It's that shred of hope everyone's looking for. It makes sense that in watching certain films, we're experiencing grief as if we lost a person in real life. Neuroscience studies are actually finding that when we watch a parasocial breakup, so parasocial means having that one-sided relationship with a fictional character. So when we see fictional characters break up, for example, we might grieve in a similar way as if we ourselves experience a breakup. And I imagine that even more so, the grief extends to losing somebody that we've grown attached to in this kind of a saga. So if any of you had experienced grief either after Infinity War or, of course, after Endgame, after a couple of our favorite characters have died, it makes sense that this emotion has arisen in you. And even though some people who might not be as dedicated fans as you are might not fully understand your grief, your grief is completely normal, completely healthy, and completely okay. And what it suggests is that you have a strong and meaningful and powerful connection with these characters. I was certainly devastated over Black Widow. I don't know how you felt. No, it was very tragic. That whole scene with her and Hawkeye fighting over who is going to sacrifice themselves, it was very powerful. It was very powerful and it was devastating. And I think the scene toward the beginning of the movie where Captain America holds a grief support group was really powerful because he's trying to encourage everybody to move on. But we can see that he hasn't moved on. And in some ways, it was a little bit hypocritical. But I think he's trying so hard to help other people. But he himself is still struggling. And I think that this was Cap's way of trying to cope. He's trying to support other people, even though he himself is having a hard time. I think this is really him trying to be a superhero. But when he talks to Black Widow, he tells her that everyone else moves on, but not us. 
he reminds her that the two of them are still grieving and most of the Avengers are still grieving and it's a kind of grief that is impossible to just get over. Some people move on. What we know about grief is that there's no timeline on grief. Some people grieve for a month. Some people grieve for years. So whether you grieve over fictional characters or real life individuals, no one can ever tell you how long you should be grieving. It's your process. Grieve your way. Take as much time as you need to. And there's no specific one way that grief needs to happen. Like you were saying, some people are more affected by grief than others. Some find meaning and drive to move forward, while some find avoidances and avoidance to be their only solution. Thor feels personally responsible for the outcome of Thanos and takes it hard. He takes it really hard. He drinks heavily. He plays video games as avoidance. He stops taking care of himself, becomes kind of overweight and things like that. What does this suggest about coping with grief? First of all, I think that grief can affect different people differently. I think that a lot of people, when they lose somebody very tragically, might feel a personal sense of responsibility, even if they themselves had nothing to do with it. Many of us who lost someone tragically might sometimes have thoughts as similar to, if only I had done something differently, maybe I could have prevented this. The truth is a lot of times we didn't really have many options or many choices and chances are that even if we had done something differently, something bad still could have happened. What we're seeing happening to Thor is something that a lot of people go through in that they might have such a difficult time connecting with their pain that they might use any kind of pain numbing strategies that we can imagine, you know, whether it's using substances such as alcohol or food or activities such as video games, which can be really helpful, actually, because we see him playing with some of his friends, for example. He is socializing, but at the same time, in Thor's case, he's using video games as also an escape. He's using video games as a way to disconnect from his Avengers friends. For him specifically, he is not processing his grief, and it's actually hurting him further. With emotions, It seems that painful emotions like grief are almost like food poisoning. We need to process them in order to kind of get them out of our system, even though a part of grief might always be with us. But if we keep on suppressing grief, if we keep on holding on to it, then it's likely to be almost like a poison. It's likely to build up in our system and and hurt us. And we see that happening to Thor. He's certainly not healthy in a way that he is treating himself it doesn't look like he's grooming or showering himself and a lot of times we might see our friends going through this or other people in our life sometimes we might think hey what's wrong with that person why aren't they taking care of themselves right they've let themselves go or they might be not taking care of their hygiene and the truth is a lot of times when somebody drastically changes in their physical appearance whether it's not showering or whether it's not grooming, then a lot of times that could be a sign that they're really struggling and that they need help and they need support. And what we're seeing with Thor is that when he's finally reunited with the Avengers and his mother, that over time he's actually starting to grieve. He's starting to express his emotions more. He's starting to cry. 
And I think he really needed that. He needed to be able to grieve with his friends. And when he actually started taking action, when he started trying to help to bring back all those who were taken during Thanos' purge, he seems to be better. He seems to feel stronger. So it seems that when we're connected with people that we care about, when we're connecting with our emotions and when it feels like we're doing something, we're taking action, it makes it a lot easier for us to cope than when we take the road of emotional avoidance, which can actually really hurt us in the end. I have a quick question. Do you believe it's some kind of survivor's guilt? And is he suffering from PTSD symptoms or? I don't know. The movie didn't show enough for me to be able to assess full on PTSD, but he seems to have some trauma symptoms. So not everyone experiences PTSD, right? For someone to be diagnosed with PTSD, they have to meet a specific criteria of symptoms for a specific period of time. So they have to meet the symptoms of re-experiencing the traumatic events like nightmares or flashbacks, for instance. They need to be avoiding talking about what happened to them, which Thor certainly does. They need to have drastic emotional changes. Typically, it's anger, irritability, or numbing. It's possible that Thor might be going through some of those. We don't fully know. And also, individuals might experience fight-or-flight response, kind of being easily triggered by certain reminders of the traumatic event. And these symptoms need to last for at least a month. So we don't know for sure if Thor meets the criteria for PTSD. He does seem to be affected by the trauma of what happened to him and the grief of losing his friends. He does seem to be feeling guilty about what happened. I'm wondering if what he might be experiencing is perhaps a moral injury of some kind. Moral injury is what happens when either our actions led to the pain, suffering, or death of someone else, or when we were unable to prevent it, and when our actions or the inability to prevent someone's death, for example, is against our moral values. Now, Thor is a god and also an avenger, and he's someone that prides himself on being able to save others. And so I imagine that for him, having this belief that he should have been able to prevent this tragedy from happening goes against his moral code and probably is hurting him and making him believe that the entire tragedy is his fault. So I think that the thought, although a distorted thought, is hurting him so much that he's doing everything possible to avoid it. Another huge theme in this film is time. We see the impact trauma has on survivors, the effect of trauma that stays with these survivors regardless of how much time passes. Time does not always heal wounds. This can be seen in Captain America's support group that you were mentioning earlier. And time does not necessarily correlate to healing. So what is the most effective way to heal after a loss? Very much like what we're seeing in the films, actually finding a sense of purpose, finding meaning in our painful experience. So for some individuals, it might be starting some kind of a nonprofit, right? Or starting some kind of a political or otherwise cause to be able to help other people. In the Avengers, we see the Avengers starting to seemingly, at the very least, feel better when they start making plans and taking action to bring everyone back. You can use the stones again. 
Hey, we'd be going in shorthanded, you know? Look, he's still got the stones, so... So let's get him. Use them to bring everyone back. Just like that? Yeah, just like that. Even if there's a, a small chance that we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone who's not in this room to try. And I think that taking action that correlates to our core values, that allows us to find some meaning in the pain that we have experienced, as well as connecting with people that can understand what we're going through because either they are also affected by this grief or they have been through something similar can be the most meaningful part of our grief experience. You briefly mentioned that the survivors had this plan and that it inspired hope in them to move forward. So when Ant-Man returns and he provides the survivors with this plan that has a very slim possibility of hope, it's still a ray of hope and it's their only opportunity to change things. What is the psychology behind hope specifically with the respect to this film's direction towards undoing the past? The truth is we can't undo our past. In this situation, we saw these characters doing that, which is fantastic. I think that when we talk about hope, we also have to talk about its inverse, which is hopelessness. Hopelessness is the belief that things will never get better. Hopelessness is an emotion that sometimes comes with certain painful experiences such as grief or trauma, as well as certain mental health disorders such as depression, PTSD, and certain physical illnesses, for example, chronic pain, and a number of other physical and mental health disorders. Hopelessness is actually one of the biggest risk factors for suicide and suicidal thoughts. And because hopelessness tells us that things will never get better. Hope is something that can give us the resilience, the strength, the energy that we need to keep going. Even when the odds seem unlikely, as they certainly were in this film, when we are able to have even the sliver of hope, taking that chance can actually give us more physical and mental energy to do the impossible than if we don't have hope. It's interesting that just the emotion and the cognition of being hopeful can actually physiologically change our body and make us more ready to fight for what we believe in. And we see that in this film. We see the Avengers doing the impossible. And I think that there are many real life individuals. There are many of you listeners out there who have already done that, who have done the impossible, who've stayed up for days, for example, against all odds to do something you really believed in, who have fought for something that you have believed in. And it's because of hope. And I think hope is more energizing than any Red Bull out there, more energizing than any amount of caffeine. Hope is something that can keep us going in the darkest hour, and it's something that is an extremely, extremely powerful weapon. Years after Thanos, some of the team bump into Hulk, who has successfully combined both of his identities into this very high-functioning half-Hulk, half-Dr. Bruce Banner hybrid. He says something to the effect of always feeling or thinking that the Hulk was his weakness and he had to suppress it. But after accepting both sides of who he was, the Hulk actually became his strength. What does this suggest about personal acceptance and embracing one's identity? I love that. Actually, that scene really was one of the ones that made me tear up. 
I think that a lot of times we look at our emotions, whether it's anger or sadness or any kind of emotional vulnerability as a weakness, but actually like Hulk points out, it's our greatest strength. We can use it to help us. Once Hulk slash Bruce Banner realizes that he's able to not only see these two identities as separate, but merge with them. They're all a part of him. And so now he becomes his whole self. And I think it's a really powerful metaphor for us, for the viewers, that if we're able to combine all pieces of us with all of our emotions, with all of our passions, with all of our vulnerabilities and all the things we're excited about into one, we can feel and become that whole person. I think that's what makes us wholehearted. I think that's what makes us whole. And I think that's what makes us really, really resilient. And it was really great to see Hulk and Banner merge in this way. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I actually liked the new Hulk <laughs> a lot. Sacrifice is another large theme in this movie. In order to obtain the Soul Stone, Black Widow has to sacrifice her life, as you were mentioning a little bit earlier. In order to defeat Thanos, Iron Man has to sacrifice himself. There's really nothing more heroic than sacrificing oneself for the lives and well-being of others. What can we learn from heroic sacrifice and what is the best way to honor the memory of those who have given their life? Being heroic refers to risking our own either emotional or physical well-being for the greater good, for others. Heroes. It's an old-fashioned notion. A visionary, a genius, ensuring freedom around the globe. A symbol to the nation, a hero to the world. The beacon of hope, shining out across the stars. I look around at us, you know what I see? A bunch of a-holes. Possibility. You think you know how the world works? The world is changing. We need A lot of individuals do that in real life. They might take a really big risk and either risk their own well-being or sometimes die protecting other people. And I think that it's important to remember that for that individual, that was their choice in that they wanted to give others this gift. They wanted to be able to protect others, even if it cost them their life. This was the cost they were willing to take and that this was something that was really, really meaningful to them. I think sometimes it's really, really hard for us to accept this kind of a sacrifice. And it's perfectly understandable that especially if we lose a loved one to a heroic action that they have taken, we might have a really difficult time experiencing that and accepting that. And at the same time, for that individual, that is likely the death that they would have wanted. For me, for the longest time, I had a really difficult time accepting my grandfather's death. After a while, when I was actually years later, when I was in therapy processing the way that he had passed, my therapist pointed out that that's the way he would have wanted to go. 
doing something that was really meaningful to him and essentially giving himself for his family. That was the first time it resonated with me. And rather than mourning over the way that he passed, I realized that for him, he died a hero's death. This is exactly what we see in Black Widow and Iron Man. Black Widow and uh, Hawkeye fought for who gets to die, and she won, and she won on purpose because she wanted him to be reunited with his family. For Iron Man, having lost Spider-Man once, and now being a father to Morgan, and seeing how beautiful the world can be, I think he wanted to be able to be a good dad and protect other people from Thanos to make sure that Thanos never hurts anyone again. Understanding what Scott Lang or Ant-Man went through and missing his daughter, I think really spoke to Tony as well. And then I think meeting with his father in the lab reminded him of the kind of father that he wanted to be. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. We're the Avengers. We gotta finish this. So I think that for Tony, taking that stance, making that sacrifice was very much him being the kind of father and the kind of superhero that he always wanted to be. And I'm kind of starting to choke up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were just mentioning Tony bumping into his father, and this movie was rampant with these heartwarming reunions and the return of our favorite heroes. Whether it's Captain America seeing Agent Carter, or whether it was Tony Stark bumping into his father, or Thor bumping into his mother, or Hawkeye returning to his family, we feel these huge emotions in these reunions. Why do our eyes tear up and our hearts flutter when we watch these precious moments unfold? I think that this all has to do with empathy. We naturally tear up when we are reunited with people that we love, the people that we haven't seen in a long time, especially if they're people that we never thought we would be able to see again. And seeing other people being reunited with their loved ones gives us something called empathic joy. So through our sense of empathy, we're feeling so much joy for this character who is reunited with their family that we tear up as well as if it's happening to us. And I think it says a lot about us as empathic and compassionate people. Speaking of emotions, the scene in which the women band together inspired a lot of emotions in the crowd. It was so refreshing to see a strong representation of heroic women in that scene. What about this scene spoke to you specifically? If you remember during that scene, I was pretty much sobbing. (laughs) The entire theater was erupting in applause. There was this beautiful, beautiful depiction of all these women banding together like the superheroes that they are. Saying, we got this. We got this. And, oh God, I'm getting choked up even talking about this. It showed the strength of sisterhood, of womanhood, of passion, of compassion, of the sense of purpose and seeing these heroes showed the audience, showed me that anybody of any gender can do the impossible. And I was so blown away by that scene. I think it just 
spoke to me on a very, very personal level. And I wanted to be a part of that sisterhood. I wanted to stand there alongside with all of them. I was just deeply moved by it. I wanted to be a part of that scene. It was badass. <laughs> it was badass. <laughs> this film was extremely well put together. And I thought it did such a wonderful job of wrapping up the whole Avengers saga. I was completely satisfied with this movie. What is it about the entire series that you think drew us all in from the beginning and continued to fulfill us as the years went on? I think Marvel Cinematic Universe did a wonderful job of putting together these separate puzzle pieces, these seemingly different superheroes. I'm still waiting for the Black Widow movie of these superheroes who all have some kind of a painful origin story or a painful experience that they went through and who were able to use their painful experiences and their superpowers as they've gained to find a sense of purpose, to discover their core values, to start using their pain to help other people. And throughout the series, we see them becoming friends and we might feel like we're their friends too. And we start cheering them on and we want to see them succeed and to see them stand for something bigger than them, to see them defy odds. I think that for many of us might remind us that we too might stand for something, that we too can honor our core values and we too might be able to defy all odds. I think nowadays more than ever, we need films like this to remind us that even when things around us are really corrupt, even when it seems like there's no hope, that by banding together, that by standing up for what we believe in, we can do the impossible and we can take down even someone as big as Thanos. That's truly amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys, actually. How did you feel about this film? And if there were any favorite characters that you saw in this film or maybe wished that you could re-explore in this film, and also let us know if there are any other shows or movies or books that you'd be interested in seeing featured on our podcast. So if you'd like, you can contact Dustin, our host, Dustin at Superhero-Therapy.com and let us know your thoughts. And also, please uh, subscribe, like, and maybe even post reviews if you're an iTunes subscriber. Every little bit helps. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Superhero Therapy with Dr. Janina Scarlett. Again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I'm Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill. Have a great day and stay safe out there, everybody. <laughs>